Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, lots of conversations to be had today. And it's kind of it's kind of tricky figuring out where to start. I'm trying. I've been been trying to figure that out for the last hour and a half now. I was sidetracked by the fact, and you can find this at kpl965.com, Bill Cassidy is now officially a Grammy winner. I'm not making that up. You would think the real Grammy winner would be John Kennedy for spoken word because all of his one-liners are absolute bangers. I'm willing to bet that John Kennedy soundbites set to, I don't know, bluegrass, maybe a good steel guitar lick, something like that. That would go triple platinum in about two weeks. Uh, I don't know anybody who doesn't listen obsessively in the news media uh, to John Kennedy clips. There are reporters that I know who would have probably come close to crying if Kennedy had run for governor of Louisiana, not because they like the guy. These are center left reporters but because he's so good for a soundbite, John Kennedy's soundbites are gold in terms of social media engagement. But anyway, Bill Cassidy is a Grammy winner. As it turns out, he helped, and, and this, is, this is good on him. He helped the Afghanistan National Institute of Music escape Afghanistan after it fell to the Taliban. And, and good on him. So the Grammys, the Recording Academy does uh, this Grammys on the Hill thing. And so politicians and artists who work together and, and work to essentially, you know, help protect and save music and inspire others to do the same. They get honored every year. And this year, Chuck Schumer, Bill Cassidy and artist Pharrell Williams were honored on the Hill. And again, good, good for Cassidy on that, but it, it threw me off. Somebody sent me the headline and said, Bill Cassidy is getting a Grammy. What? And so I had to read the story and, it's not like he's going to be at the Grammys. I'm not sure any Republican senator, even someone like Casty, who voted to impeach Trump, would be welcome at the Grammys. But, but uh, he he does technically have a, a Grammy now, so good on him. Anyway, two three two fifteen forty two. If you want to be part of the conversation now, my friends, I shall conceal nothing from you. I have spoken very uh, derogatorily, derogatorially, derogatorily, whatever it is. I've spoken in a very negative way about House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. I have questioned his motives. I have questioned his ability to do anything conservative. I questioned whether or not he would follow through on this debt limit uh, bluff. The Democrats called him out on his bluff. And I'll be damned if Kevin McCarthy didn't pull off a debt limit bill, get it across the line in the House. I will admit I was shocked. And I will give McCarthy credit. This is actually a good win for McCarthy. It's not a good win because this is going anywhere. This is dead on arrival in the Senate. The Democrats want a clean debt limit uh, uh, hike, no strings attached whatsoever. They're not going to get it. 
See, the Democrats in the White House were playing this game. They were playing this game where they thought they they could just call McCarthy's bluff. There's no way McCarthy could get his caucus together and pass a debt limit bill. And Joe Biden and the Democrats called McCarthy's bluff. And McCarthy came back with a couple hundred pages of a bill, the Limit Grow Save Act, or the Limit Save Grow Act. And that puts the Democrats in a bind. See, this was never about getting the the actual reforms in this bill to Joe Biden's desk. That was never going to happen. But here's where the Democrats have royally screwed up. The Democrats don't want to put American government in the habit of tying a debt ceiling increase to cuts to the budget. That violates whatever you may consider their fiscal policy, their fiscal uh, priorities. In so much as they have any sort of, of fiscal agenda other than just spend, 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 the Democrats uh, don't want to tie a debt ceiling increase to spending cuts. They don't want budget cuts. They don't want anything like that. They want to continue spending. And Kevin McCarthy uh, was not expected to get this bill across this finish line where it, it does increase the debt limit, but it does call for cuts. And now the Democrats are angry. And they're panicking. Why? Because of their president. See, politicians these days use the phrase, we've got to do something. And when they say we've got to do something, what they mean is we've got to put out a bill. We've got to put out a policy that is basically all messaging and dare the other side to contradict it. Because we think that will make us look good in front of voters. Joe Biden comes from an era where politicians say we've got to do something and then they negotiate to try to get it done. And that's what has the Democrats very terrified right now. Joe Biden has been talking about a clean debt ceiling increase. Uh, His administration has been talking about it. But now, because they've called McCarthy's bluff, now Joe Biden has to come sit down at the negotiating table with McCarthy, which Biden doesn't want. Because the Democrats' 2024 campaign is all about painting the Republicans as extremists. And to go to the negotiating table and negotiate with the Republicans and to give them some of what they want undermines that message. But Joe Biden really truly believes we have to do something or else we're going to be in major trouble. And the fact of the matter is, no matter what anybody tells you, if we crash through the debt ceiling and we don't raise it, Nothing's really going to happen right away. It doesn't affect you and me near as much as the politicians in Washington, D.C. and the people on Wall Street want you to believe it will. It will hurt the U.S.'s credit rating, but it's not going to affect you and me right away. It's not going to be a financial crisis like the Democrats are trying to project it to be. But the Democrats don't want to get into the habit of cutting spending. That's something they absolutely do not want to do.
But Senate Republicans, even the moderate ones, are now siding with Kevin McCarthy. Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Todd Young, Mitch McConnell, all coming out and saying, yeah, we applaud what Kevin McCarthy's doing. We think Joe Biden should come to the table. If Mitch McConnell is going to go to the Senate floor and say Joe Biden's got to sit down at the negotiating table with Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell is backing Kevin McCarthy's play. Republicans in the Senate know they can't win this fight. They might be able to because Joe Manchin is so furious with the Republicans. And Kirsten Sinema might cross the aisle for budget cuts because her numbers don't look great in Arizona either. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema's numbers in their respective states have tanked quite a bit. And so in order to try to win back the more Republican and conservative parts of their voting base, these Democrats, well, Kirsten Sinema now an independent, but these two may just side with the Republicans in the Senate. That would cause chaos among the Democratic Party. But even if they don't, the Republicans are saying, we're not going to help you out here. We're not going to go behind you and cut a deal. And so that gave McCarthy the ability to pass this bill. And now McCarthy says, you called my bluff. Here's my bill. Where's your proposal? And now there's going to be a negotiation. If Joe Biden doesn't negotiate on this, he is saying he's the extreme one. He's saying that he's the one who's not willing to negotiate. All this time, Joe Biden has been saying Republicans need to sit down and talk things out and and come to an accord. Well, now the Republicans have an idea. They have a proposal. And now they're saying balls in your court. And now Joe Biden has to oblige or else he's going to look weak and extreme and his party is going to lose their Republicans are too extreme talking point. This is a win for Kevin McCarthy, and it causes me, I I want you to know it causes me actual physical pain to give Kevin McCarthy credit for anything. But Kevin McCarthy took the brinksmanship to the point he needed to and then brought a bill to the floor and got it passed in his house. Now, the bill will be brought up in the Senate, and if it's brought up in the Senate and defeated along party lines, the Republicans say, all right, Biden's got to go cut a deal with the House because we're in a stalemate in the Senate. But what's worse for the Democrats, now that the Democrats have an advantage but they're starting to alienate some of their own moderates in the Senate, What happens if those moderates flip sides and then it goes to Joe Biden's desk? And Joe Biden rejects it and he's not going to negotiate on it. That's not good for Joe Biden. That's not good for the Democrats. And the Democrats know that Joe Biden will cave to some cuts because Joe Biden, once again, is a politician that when he says we have to do something, he means it. We have to do something. He's not going for the talking point. That's one thing that people don't realize about Joe Biden. When he says we've got to do something, he's not making a talking point and just trying to cast all the blame on Republicans. He very seriously wants Republicans to come to the table because he comes from an era where that happened. And now 
he's going to feel the pressure to do something. And he's going to feel the pressure to cave into some cuts. So the Democrats aren't going to be able to say these are draconian Republican cuts. They're going to have a hand in it now. McCarthy has gotten a good win here. He's gotten a great win. He deserves credit for it. And Joe Biden, the ball is squarely in his court right now. And he's got to do something about it. 232-1542, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. Let's take this break. We will be back in just a moment right here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation. So um I haven't talked about the legislature very much. And I think I'm going to spend tomorrow just talking about the bills going through. Um, I've been focused on the national. I haven't done a whole lot on the state legislature. There's been a lot. And I just need, I think I need to take a day to just go through as much as we can, uh, particularly on the most recent bills, the, uh, the, the woke stuff that's going through right now, because um, that's, that's actually kind of bubbling up in the legislature right now. But one of the things I'm seeing, uh, so there's a hearing, um, let's see, Senate Ed- Education Bill SB7 uh, would limit access to children's books deemed sexually explicit. The bill has come under scrutiny for targeting books that may have mainly LGBT. TQ themes. The Attorney General Jeff Landry has emphasized it's not a book ban and it's a way to protect children. Advocates say it's a form of censorship. Senator Heather Cloud, who introduced the bill, says the bill will make libraries make a policy that would alter library cards so some books would not be able to be checked out by kids. She says it would create paternal controls of the books the kids get their hands on. Library board said it would uh, set the list of books that have sexually explicit materials. What's happening is that Senator Bodie White of this education committee um, has cut off public testimony before uh, opposing voices have a chance to testify before the Senate committee, which is uh, it's it's frowned upon. Um, if you're going to hear testimony, you need to really hear both sides. But but at the same time, uh, this is going to go to the full Senate. We'll see. Um, like I said, I just need time to really dive into some of these laws. I know that what we're essentially doing is copying some of the laws that have passed in other states like Florida. And they're not all terrible laws. In fact, most of them are, are probably the right way to go. But I am hoping, and I need to dig, this is why I need to dig into it. I am hoping that somebody out there is smart enough to know that we need to be passing laws for citizens of Louisiana rather than passing laws for citizens of Florida and making and just having them apply to citizens of Louisiana as well. But... The Democratic outcry here is because Democrats can't win elections in the state of Louisiana anymore. And so now they're crying about the Republicans instead of going out and winning elections. 
That's a big issue, too. 232-1542, let's take this break. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, <clears throat> Joe Biden was caught using a cheat sheet yesterday. And it had a list of reporters and questions they would ask. The sheet, uh, it sort of implies that there's this previously unknown level of, I mean, previously suspected, but uh, unknown level of coordination between the White House staff and reporters in the press pool. Um, On multiple occasions, Biden has relied on cheat sheets for public events. Um, He, there's very little that surprises me as far as what they're going to do to help Joe Biden stay on track. Remember, this is likely going to be at least a 50% basement campaign in 2024. They announced, they say he's going to run just to show that he's, they say he's, you know, fit enough to, to run a national campaign. I'm not sure he actually is. But Biden is going to struggle. Meanwhile, the RNC has apparently released their autopsy for what happened in 2022. And in their autopsy, they do not mention Donald Trump once. The people who commissioned the report are avoiding Trump, and that's largely due to Ronna McDaniel. She has committed to remaining neutral in the GOP 2024 primary. She's been one of the few RNC members who has maintained a working relationship with Trump since his time in office. And she is working to get Trump to agree to a slate of debates he initially rejected on Tuesday. It does not, the report, does not mention by name the Senate candidates the RNC deemed flawed because of some of these same candidates are considering 2024 bids for the Senate and the GOP does not want to give opponents fuel for criticism. It's not an autopsy if you aren't honest about what happened. Let's say there's a murder. And a coroner comes in and the body is, I don't know, self-inflicted gunshot wound. But the coroner, out of deference to the, to the deceased, does not put that in the autopsy report. Instead, the coroner just says this person died. That doesn't actually help. That doesn't actually help in determining the cause of death and determining what happened here. That helps nobody. 
And that's what the RNC is doing here by not naming the specific problems. And yes, I understand that Donald Trump is a candidate for 2024. And yes, I understand that some of these Senate candidates in 2024 are the same people who lost in 2022. But you still need to name them. You still need to name Donald Trump because as much as you may not like it, Donald Trump sat on $100 million while blaming Mitch McConnell and others for not spending enough in certain races. He sat on $100 million. He raised a ton of money saying he was going to support Republicans in 2022 and did very little. He spent money on rallies that promoted himself. And these flawed candidates that are not being named in this autopsy report, they ran, sorry, crappy campaigns. They ran bad campaigns, and the Republican parties in various states did a very bad job of vetting candidates, and the Republican Party in general has done a very bad job of vetting its consultants. The people who are in charge of things like this are ignoring the problem. They are whistling past the graveyard on this. The Republican Party had many, 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 many flaws in 2022, and this autopsy report doesn't name them. That autopsy report is basically, yeah, we didn't do as great as we thought we would. Anyway, here comes 2024. That's it. That's what they're pushing. The Republican Party is never going to get better if it cannot address its big problems. Its big problems are the fact that it, it, it is sending money to the wrong places. It is, it is encouraging money to go to PACs instead of candidates. It is encouraging uh, candidates and PACs to use consultants who are more interested in lining their own pockets and it is relying on candidates who are not great candidates. They are focused on the wrong issues. Their messaging is all wrong. And as a result, the Republican Party cannot advance. Joe Biden does not have the mental capacity to do a press conference and not have a cheat sheet where the White House has coordinated with reporters to get questions and answers early. He will run from his basement at least 50% of the time in 2024, and yet the Republican Party cannot identify a single mistake that they can actually correct to try to win in 2024. They want the Democrats, I guess, to win in 2024. What bothers me isn't so much the Republican Party itself. I'm not a Republican. I don't give a damn about the party. What I have a problem with is that the one party that is basically the only thing between us and near certain total economic collapse in this country has no concept of actual basic political strategy to come up with a win. They are too scared of Donald Trump. They are too scared of their consulting class. They are too scared of a 
frankly, vocal minority in their base, the people that are loudest screechers on social media. They're too scared of all of those things to actually make a significant difference. They care more about people who create mean memes about them on Twitter than they care about the basic American, the basic average American that is center right, is ignored by most of the government in terms of their needs. And just when they get tired enough of the Democrats, the Republican Party says, here you go, we're going to do something really stupid. And those people keep voting Democrat because the Republican Party hasn't given them a viable alternative yet. It's why I was so disappointed Nikki Haley's response to the whole Disney lawsuit against DeSantis because her response was, hey, I'm a fan of big business. I brought big business to my state. I will be a fan of, and a friend of big business when I'm president. You should come to South Carolina, Disney. It's bad strategy. If you want somebody, Nikki Haley, to not, if you, if you want to be the person who beats Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, you need to take away Donald Trump's base, and his base is very much anti-woke. His base doesn't really like Disney, which is why it's such a concern that Donald Trump is also siding with Disney, and I don't think he understands that he can lose his voters if he sides with Disney over DeSantis. But all of that aside, you want to win the conservative base, the people who are against the wokes. Those are the people you have to win in order to get anywhere in the primary, Nikki Haley. And instead, you're siding with with small business, or you're siding with big business. You're siding with people who are ostensibly Republican who are never going to vote for Trump in the first place. We are filled. We we are a country. We are a conservative movement that's filled with Republican politicians who take bad advice and bad strategy from people who are ignorant. And it's why Bobby Jindal was right. The Republican Party is the stupid party. The people who are in charge of crafting the strategy for the Republican Party have proven themselves to be utterly incompetent. And so it's been it, – it the party apparatus hasn't been able to do a thing, so it's been incumbent on a few politicians to try to get other Republicans across the finish line. Lee Zeldin, a, co- a congressman who ran for governor in New York – helped the Republicans keep their majority in the House by bringing a bunch of extra Republicans across the finish line in congressional races. Ron DeSantis took a purple state and won it by 20 points. Brian Kemp took a state that everybody was afraid was going to turn blue and kept it solidly Republican. But they're doing that individually. The parties have not been able to help because the parties are filled with leaders who have no idea what they're doing. They are too scared of the consultants and big business and Donald Trump and loud voices on social media. They don't actually pay attention to regular conservatives who want something different, who are begging for something different. 232-1542. I want to go ahead and take this break. I've got some folks who are calling in. Y'all stick around on the lines. I will get to you after this break here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number to call if you want to be part of the conversation. Jumping right to the phone now, we've got Cody on the line. Cody, how are you today? Cody. Yes, I'm here. Sorry. Hey. 
you good. That's kind of loud here. Ah, uh, you, you're good. What's up? What you got? Well, it, I'm just. It should be very simple. It, it, I, I'm, we should just start thinking like the Democrats. And I don't know why we don't do it. But I mean, you got conservatives, libertarians. You got non-parties. You got Republicans. We all need to put our big boy pants on. 2024 and vote whoever the Republicans is going to be. I mean, yeah. we'll never win if we don't come together. The mm-hmm. left sticks together like glue, and our problem is we don't. I really, hey, Trump's Trump. I voted for him just because he was better than the alternative. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you said tomorrow Trump and Joe was running and you had to vote today, you mean to tell me you're just not going to vote or you're going to vote for Joe Biden again? There's just no way. Yeah, that's that's going to be I think that's going to be the toughest calculation that a lot of people are going to make. A lot of people were tired of Trump. Frankly, a lot of them blamed a lot of the covid stuff on Trump, maybe rightly or wrongly, particularly where it came to platforming Anthony Fauci. But now the role is reversed. Joe Biden was seen as the alternative to what we had. And Donald Trump was what we had. Now, Joe Biden's what we have and things have gotten worse. If Trump's the nominee, I think you'll have a lot of those people move away from Biden back to Trump. Yeah, and regardless if it's Trump, let's say DeSantis or any other one that runs, we have to just throw all out the window and say, whoever it is, we have to vote for him. Yeah. I mean, we can't stay home and say, well, my guy didn't win, so I'm not going to vote. We can't do that. We can't afford to lose again. Yeah. But if we keep doing that, then we'll keep losing. But. You're you're absolutely right, um, Cody. I agree with you 100. percent The the, it's time for people to stop taking their ball and going home. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. right. That's kind of all I had. I, I don't know how to put it more straightforward than that. But well, I appreciate. That's what I, got. I appreciate the call, Cody. Thank you very much. You have a great all one, right. man. Did you? All right. Let's go back to the phone lines. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? I appreciate the call, Cody. Thank you very much. You have a great one. Hey, caller. Caller, you there? Oh, nope. Sorry. All I heard was an echo. Y'all, please make sure you turn your radios down when you call in. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, That last caller, Cody, brings up a great point. Um we do have a tendency to take our ball and go home. If it's not our guy, we, we actively root again. It's not even the people who don't vote. It's the people who actively switch to the other side to go vote. Um, and the big thing that I think the big problem that I think we're going to be facing before too long is that there's going to be a whole lot more spite voting. If you will, um, people who are going to who are going to vote against somebody out of spite rather than for any meaningful reason. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Hi, caller. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham show. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Oh, OK. Hey, uh, I think you said two key words earlier. Uh huh. And those two key words, I think you said or a viable alternative. Uh huh. So I'm, I'm, I'm just. This is what I would throw up in a win. I don't know what you would think about it. I think that 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 Trump and the Sanders should put their heads together and make a decision. One run the presidency, the other run the vice presidency. So my um, nod would go to Trump because he has 
the the experience. He has the track record. So the but the... they need to solidify the party, and to me, that would be a perfect perfect solution well the the problem i gotta say about it. well thank you very much for the call i appreciate it the problem with that though is that when two can't when a when two running mates are from the same state their electoral votes don't don't count that's a little provision in the constitution that a lot of people aren't aware of uh you can't actually have well i mean you can uh, the, the the president and the vice presidential nominees on the ticket can be from the same state but you can't count their electoral votes. And that's a lot of electoral votes. They both live in Florida. Ronald, uh, Donald Trump moved his residency to Florida after he left Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, I ran out of time. I know there were a couple other callers in the line. I'm sorry, y'all. I will uh, Tomorrow, we will have plenty of time for you to call in. In the meantime, I will be back in 23 hours here on the Joe Cunningham Show you can follow me on Twitter, Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast version of the show will be up in just a few minutes at JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com. But don't go anywhere yet. Shannon is offsides next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.